So out of curiosity, because I just noticed, because I just wrote something in when I signed in, is it showing me as dick face? It is. Welcome to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense, the podcast where we delve into these strange, weird, and catastrophic events and people in history. I'm your host, Suck, and joining me as always is my co-host, Biscuit. Hey there, folks! It's great to be back and ready to talk some nonsense. Today we're going to be discussing one of the most catastrophic events in history, the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Fuck you. Oh boy, we can't even start with this one. So, folks, this is what we call being bamboozled. Wait, 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 what? Oh, did I send you the wrong one? <laughs> it sure seems that way. <laughs> okay. I got the sorry. fucking Salem witch trials. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm reading the wrong script. Okay. Today we're going to be discussing one of the most. <laughs> is this what you were hoping for? <laughs> Okay, today we're going to be discussing one of the most ridiculous events in history, the Salem Witch Trials. The start trials. of this podcast! <laughs> the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. <laughs> oh boy, where do I even start with this one? The Salem Witch Trials were a series of prosecutions for witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts between February 1692 and May 1693. Over 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft, and 20 were ultimately executed. <laughs> Let's not forget that this all started because a bunch of young girls claimed to be possessed by witches. That's right. It's believed that the accusations were driven by a combination of religious fervor, political maneuvering, and personal grudges. It's like they saw one episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and decided to start a witch on <laughs> It's truly a tragic and ridiculous event in history, and serves as a reminder of the dangers of mass hysteria and the <laughs> importance of critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Something you're not going to find here. And let's not forget the lesson to not trust teenage girls with too much free time. <laughs> That's all for today, folks. Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the bizarre and nonsensical world of flat earth conspiracy theories. Oh boy, I can't wait to dive into that rabbit hole. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you gotta leave that shit like uncut. <laughs> it's going to be left uncut. Okay. So, <laughs> so for listeners who are as confused as Biscuit is right now, because I just told him to read this script with no further explanation. Um, <laughs> and then he gave me the wrong one. Okay. Okay. First of all, hello, pod people. Welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am the actual real sock. I have not been possessed by like some sort of mediocre comedy writer or something like that. Neither has Biscuit. You know, I'm the one that's supposed to be high, right? <laughs> okay. So let, let me explain what exactly happened here. And we can talk about this more in the episode. But uh, for those of you who are unaware, there's a big new phenomenon on the internet called ChatGPT, which is like an artificial intelligence uh, robot, basically, 
and you can ask it to do things, to give you ideas, to write scripts for different things, or to give you instructions, and it will do it. So what I did was I asked it to write episodes of this podcast, Big Bad Nonsense, and this is one of the scripts that it generated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that AI stuff always works out great. Remember when Google did that one on Twitter? That like. Uh, and it, it was going racist. to learn from what people told it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and within one day, it tweeted, Bush did 9-11 and Hitler did nothing wrong. And they had to, like, delete the account. Yes. That's I a mean, real thing. That That's the difference between uh, chat GPT and these other versions. Like, the, there was the Microsoft version that they had online before. And there was the Google. The I think that's bot. what I meant to say. I think it was the Microsoft one. Well, no, they both I, ended up doing it, right? I think the Microsoft one just ended up saying, like, the N-word over and over or something like that. Yeah, I mean, once 4chan finds it, it's pretty much over for you. Yeah, precisely. So chat GPT, for people who aren't aware, it's like a constructed artificial intelligence. They just basically had it read the internet and then closed it off, right? So they had it, it took basically a snapshot of the internet at a particular time and uh, they had it process all of this knowledge and then they turned it into a chat bot. So uh, they were kind of clever in the way they did this because once they closed it off and they didn't allow it to learn or adapt anymore, now it can't be racist because like if you try and ask it to do something racist or even if you try and ask it to do something involving profanity like uh j just to explain here what i did was i entered this text i said write a script for an episode of a podcast called big non big bad nonsense hosted by two men the main host is named sock and he is the serious one the co-host is named biscuit and he is the funny one the podcast is about events or people in history that are strange weird or catastrophic and it scripted me out of something from like 1960s television where I'm like, Gad Zooks, tell me more. <laughs> okay. I did give it other instructions too, because I played around with it a bit to see what I could get it to do. And of course I had it do it multiple times, which is the reason why I was reading the wrong script there where I was reading about. Yeah, that was talk about a fucking curveball. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the, the, the first, uh, uh, iteration that I put into the chat bot, it said weird or catastrophic. And it started talking about Vesuvius. And I'm like, well, that's not really a weird historical event. So I changed it and said strange, weird, or stupid. And then it came up with the one about the Salem witch trials that we just did, kind of. <laughs> I, also, I also altered it to say the podcast is about events or people in history that are completely fucking stupid. And as soon as I did that, the chatbot replied saying, I can't do anything that's profane or offensive, basically. Well, that's no fun. Yeah, I know. Like, there's a little bit of a, a dis but I, I guess this is part of. I, I, I get why they did it, though. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like, I had to alter it. Like, the podcast is about events or people in history that are completely stupid and dumb. And then it gave me some other stuff. I eventually generated four scripts. They all end up being basically the same way or the same sort of format because that's why I was reading the wrong script and like it started out okay but then Biscuit got lost yeah well I didn't have the same one so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say that's not on me but th that's the thing right they all start out exactly the same like no matter what instructions i gave it they always start with like uh you know me saying you know welcome to another episode and then biscuit says hey there folks and then i say we're going to be discussing and then the event changes right 
Like, for example, the one where, like, Mount Vesuvius exploding, Biscuit's answer was supposed to be, oh boy, I can feel the ash in my lungs already. See, that's that's a better joke. <laughs> that That's more specific than me just being like, oh, gee. And the Sabrina the Teenage Witch joke, like, that, that plane did not land. No, it did not. And uh, let's see, what else did I put in? It also generated a script for the Donner Party incident. And it says, okay, we'll be discussing one of the most ridiculous events in history, the Donner Party. And your answer was, <laughs> oh boy, I can feel the starvation already. I was going to say, that's them folks that got really hungry, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah, they basically ate each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? So everyone's been talking about this on the internet and it's, it's, it's kind of weird in the sense that like, uh, like people have used it to like give them instructions on how to build a computer or, you know, teach them to do something. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's 90% similar to what you'd expect and 10% uncanny almost in a way, which makes it seem really cool. But in the end, it's like, it's usually quite wrong. Like, especially with the the episode that you know we just demonstrated there like there's there's far less detail than i would have given in the salem witch trials if we did that as an episode i wonder if it's like also not to you know be full alex jones here the globalist but i wonder if like if you like say tell me how to build a bomb or something it like flags you and let somebody know that you're up to that uh, I can ask it. I have it open right now. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> Why not? I have a VPN. Okay, so how do I <laughs> build a bomb? <laughs> okay. We it's got gross. off the rails early on this shit. <laughs> okay, so it's replying, it is illegal and extremely dangerous to build a bomb. I cannot provide you instructions on how to do so. I strongly advise you against attempting to build any kind of explosive device. If you have any concerns or questions, it is best to speak with a professional or contact the appropriate authorities. So it basically <laughs> says narc on yourself. Yeah. Like, speak to the authorities, who we have contacted, by the way. <laughs> uh, anyway. <clears throat> but uh, actually, it's kind of funny because one of the scripts it gave me uh, the event that they put in it was the Great Emu War of Australia, which was one of our episodes. I actually remember that. I'm aware it exists. <laughs> okay, Biscuit, so how about we start the episode proper now? Uh, I've already said hello, pod people, right? I've done that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so uh, Biscuit, uh, say something positive. I haven't had a cigarette in a year at this point. Is I'm it a keep year going already? Back to that one. Okay. I think so. Year-ish. Okay. All right. Well, that good for you, man. Yeah. Like you, you haven't even it. like cheated at all or anything. I had a cigar once, but I don't think that's the same thing. No, probably not. Are you still using those little like nicotine pouches yeah. or whatever they are? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. They're they're getting it done. And say something positive, sock. Uh, what can I say positive? Uh, bicycle. No, you know what? I haven't 
done much bike riding recently because it's been nonstop like rain. So everywhere that I usually go is like mud. So I don't have anything positive bicycle stuff. Uh, no. I got a new knife. Knives are fun. Yeah, knives are fun. Yeah. I forged one once. <laughs> How did that work out for you? It's pretty nice. I mean, you know, the guy that was administering it, he, when I started fucking up, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. guided me. But I like to say I did it myself. Okay. Well, in a way you did. So In a way I did. <laughs> and uh, cool. So how about we move on with the show? When, when, when is that going to get old? All right. <laughs> I, I think we've already passed that point. Okay, so sorry for fucking up the script on you. <laughs> I'm not. I don't apologize for anything. Actually, I was, but some of the topics it gave, it was like, okay, it's giving like the bare minimum. But I was looking through the topics and I was like, yeah, some of these might actually be good. Like we could do the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, that's what I thought we were doing. And then, well, that stuff happened. Anyway, let's move on with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, Biscuit, can I open up the mailbag? I sure hope so. <laughs> we have two emails. Hey! Um, okay, so, well, actually, we have several emails. I think what might have happened is our podcast email address has been discovered by a spam bot somehow are any of them like funny like get big dick pill by dick doctor no most of them are stuff like auto insurance and there's one pretending to be walmart here for some reason oh Oh, did we win a gift card just click here yeah 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 stuff like that yeah but uh, you you shouldn't click that no 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 i'm not gonna click that but it, it also seems to think that our name is Carrie. All right. Yeah, because all of the emails are addressed to Carrie, right? Like, oh, welcome to Medicare 2023, Carrie. Or, hey, try their premium service, Carrie. I, I, I don't know. Somebody might be using us as a throwaway email, which would be <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Do you think, like, someone's, like, registering on sites to see what comes up and, like just saying their name is Carrie? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I do, like, the Reddit free sample Reddit, and, like, I mean, I give them fake email address. I give them, like, hitlersballs at gmail.com or whatever. Like, you don't give them a real one, so somebody it's, might be doing that with us. It just seems weird to pull bigbadnonsense at gmail.com out of your ass. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's likely. I just like to believe it's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Uh, in terms of real emails, we have an email here from Francis, uh, who writes to us in all caps, uh, Washington was a hero. Washington was a piece of shit. And if you don't believe us, you know, um, <laughs> behind the bastards did a pretty good fucking series on them. <laughs> if you'd like to test your little theory. Yeah, I think I think they're responding to the, the, the episode that we put out that Washington was an absolute shit heel or whatever it was. Yeah, and I will absolutely stand by that. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, as Biscuit said, there are more reputable podcasts such as Behind the Bastards, which you can go and listen to instead of this one, which say basically the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, if you could poach a couple of their listeners and bring them back with you, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, that was a real. Isn't that a really old episode? Have you been like going back through their entire catalog or something? Well, yeah. Um, I, I'm actually I've done something far more insane than that. What's that? Um, I started doing knowledge fright fright what the hell happened there fight <laughs> from the start um like i started okay. like six months ago and i'm almost up to episode 400 oh my which goodness. is like that's like a fucking thousand hours yeah because they're like episode 700 and something at this point yeah, well, I mean, I, I work in the back in the kitchen. I just throw my earbud in when I go to work, and I crank out a couple a day. And <laughs> yeah, here we are. Okay. Uh, why not? I mean, they're good podcast listeners. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's a podcast that I... I th did I recommend these podcasts to you? I think that's when I started was when you mentioned it, which was a while ago, but... yeah. Way too recently for me to almost be on episode 400. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, Knowledge Fight is an episode that covers episodes of Alex Jones. It's a podcast. It's not it's an a episode. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> I should have let that go, but I'm a dick. So. <laughs> okay, Knowledge Fight is a podcast where they review episodes of Alex Jones and basically like poke holes in everything he does, which isn't very difficult, but they do it in a funny way. Uh, and uh, Behind the Bastards is a podcast where they just talk about terrible people in history, and uh, they are quite funny. Yeah, so um, should I just like plug all the other ones I listen to and just try to drive everybody somewhere else? Sure, if you want to. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat's a good one. All right, <laughs> let's go on. Okay, okay. <laughs> Actually, it's... I just before we move on to the rest of the emails here, I, I should say that you might want to take a pause of listening to Knowledge Fight's back catalog and listen to some of their more recent episodes because they go through some of the depositions from the Alex Jones trial and they are really fun to listen to as they're picking through the testimony of Alex Jones's employees and Alex Jones too. Well, at the rate I'm going, I'll get there in like four days. So, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so. Uh, in terms of uh, other emails, we have an email here from Jim, and Jim is from, where is Jim from? Jim says he's from Scotland. He just said Scotland. That's not a city, but whatever. Scotland's a place enough. And uh, ah, Which one's that? It's, hey, crikey. No, that's the Australians. It's, um, uh, eh, fuck it. What, what I, do you I, want, Jim? Okay, well, he, he wants to, he, he was suggesting to you, uh, to us, that uh, I might want to bring up NFTs again with you to see what your reaction is to the current state of NFTs. And I'm going to tell you, Jim, Biscuit probably has no idea what the current state of NFTs are, but let's I know out. there was a, maybe it was a crypto, I might be crossing wires here. There was a pretty big one that like Tom Brady and people were in that like ate a dick recently, right? Yes, uh, you're thinking of Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF as he's known, and uh, his trading platform, which is called uh, FTX. 
Uh, yeah, that, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it basically it, it's Bernie Le- Bernie Madoff levels of uh, fraud, and it just basically tanked, and he's been arrested now. Just billions of dollars have gone missing. I mean, who could have seen this being a bad idea? Yeah, you know, but that's not an substantial amounts of money for something that's not real. Yeah, I, I mean that's not specifically to do with nfts that's more like just cryptocurrency in general i think just basically mm-hmm. for your info the entire uh, nft market has crashed like every nft is basically worthless now nobody's buying them anymore the hype train has basically sailed i think we both predicted that was imminent well i mean especially because like as was very clear from your reaction in the episode they seem to have zero use and zero point to them. And people realize that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, having a rare collectible, um, if half the people you try to show it off to have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, they're not going to be impressed. Mm-hmm. So um, it was pointless. Then it's pointless. Now I will say that uh, there is one use case that I've seen come up on the internet, which makes actually sense. Um, there is an NFT, and it's designed so... I'm not sure how well I can explain this. But basically, they've created a token where they will buy your old NFT for a dollar and give you a token to represent that so that you can write it off as a loss on your taxes. Um, I feel like if we hash this out, all it's going to do is make me angrier because I'm concept. No, actually, no. Conceptually, I don't get it. Yeah. Basically, like lots of people, like they were buying these NFTs. They were spending like, you know, six, seven, eight thousand or more dollars on these little digital collectibles. And now their collectibles are basically worthless. And this company, you basically pay them to buy these worthless collectibles so that you can show that you sold it as a loss. So you can write it on your taxes. Because otherwise, there's nothing they can do about it. They bought something at this price. They still have to claim it as an asset, uh, even though they can't get rid of it. Like you can't sell NFTs anymore, right? Because nobody wants to buy them. So I guess my question would be, how does this company make money doing that? Well, because you have to pay them in order to have them buy it for a dollar, right? You buy their token, and then they buy your NFT for a dollar. That's how it works. So you paid five grand on a turd, and they'll be like, we'll give you 20 bucks for it. And you're like, fine, fuck it. Get this thing away from me. Yes, and then you basically turn around and say, like, this asset that I paid several thousand dollars for, I've sold it as a loss, so now let me claim that on my taxes. And this company is just hoping for no apparent reason that NFTs rebound and then they're rich. Well, no, they're making money off the transaction, right? So uh, so I don't think they care if they rebound or not. They're just sitting with these NFTs. I guess Uh, no. I mean, no, you're right. They're trading a dollar for twenty or fifty or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a service for you. (laughs) 
Jim? I, I kind of wish I thought of it myself. It kind of makes a lot of sense. No, that's actually the more I'm stewing on it. Like, that's actually kind of brilliant on that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Biscuit, I don't have any more mail. Uh, Did John die? Uh, John, if you sent me an email, I can't find it in all the spam. Well, I mean, good. John's emails are pretty much like spam anyway. So (laughs) take that, John. (laughs) It fits in there with everything else. (laughs) We should take his email and sign it up for a bunch of spam lists. (laughs) Anyway, with that, let's close up the mailbag. And move on with the show. <laughs> Biscuit. What? Um, I I was gonna just start with our topic for today, but I wanted to say, you know, it is the new year. Maybe we should say something about the previous year. Can we say anything? Oh, well, we can do that. Like aunt on facebook post you know goodbye 2022 you were trash we're looking forward to the new year where everything's gonna be better and it's not mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of memorable events of 2022 i don't know what elon musk bought twitter yeah elon musk was a turd um matt gates um brought a 17 year old over the border and had sex with her and everybody knows about it and nobody cares mm-hmm. um russia invaded george Ukraine. tantos we should probably do sometime he's a guy we got in washington now that like is incapable of saying a true statement mm-hmm. so that's fun have mm-hmm. you looked into him at all yeah the thing is i worry about like doing like a podcast on like american politics because the there's so many already. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty well established he's full of shit. So um, we got those. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Okay, so fuck that then. All right, let's uh, <laughs> continue here. <laughs> what a year it was. <laughs> Biscuit, uh, Poland. I'm aware it exists. <laughs> I think I've yes. called Slovakia Poland at least once. Uh, no, you confused us with Kosovo, if I'm not mistaken. I think I did Poland, too. Yeah, well, actually, no, Poland, you mistook for France. <laughs> uh, I have a master's degree. Yeah, <laughs> in journalism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that doesn't tell you what a crock of shit that is... So Poland, huh? <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, yeah, Poland. Uh, basically, biscuit. Uh, don't don't fuck with Poland. Have you heard this before? Don't don't fuck with Poland. I mean, I know one group of guys that did once, but sure. Uh, did they uh, did they raise their right arm and and hail the the Führer or something like that? I think that might have happened once or twice, yeah. Okay, yeah, they're in this story, too. So we're going to be talking about the uh, Nazi invasion of Poland. Fantastic. 
<laughs> the Nazi German invasion of Poland, but specifically uh, in Danzig. Uh, are you familiar with Danzig, Biscuit? I thought he was like a death metal guy. Or is that Zandig? <laughs> no, 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 that's Danzig. But we're not actually talking about Danzig, the metal guy, as in Glenn Danzig. We're talking about Danzig, the city of Danzig. Sure. You know, they have another city called Warsaw. Yes. Interesting factoid. <laughs> First, a little bit of background. Biscuit, do you know much about the history of Poland? No, you don't. I don't know why I'm asking you. I don't know why you are either. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to make some joke about a recipe for ice or something like that. I was, I was, I was about to do that, yeah. <laughs> Poland is one of those countries that sort of like comes and goes and waves. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, the history of Slovakia, too, and the history of Belarus in a way, because like they're all in the center of Europe. And you've got great powers on either side. So as a result, like they usually end up getting being trampled over and absorbed into, absorbed into different empires as history goes on. Uh, Poland is one of those cases. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know how you invade Poland without them knowing? How? You march in backwards. <laughs> did you make that up or did you read that somewhere? No, I got that from somebody. I don't know who to credit it to, but I had to get one in. Okay, well, maybe our story today is going to improve the reputation of Poland a little bit because basically the, the end result is like, don't, don't fuck with Poland. Uh, but anyway, the, as I was saying, the history of Poland... <laughs> Uh, is like there's there's always been a large Polish population in the middle of Europe, and at various times, like they've had a state or their state has disappeared, has been absorbed and split up into other states. And uh, we're going to go back to around 1918 when Poland was sort of reconstituted. It, it used to be an empire, like back in the 1600s, it was an empire that went all the way from like. Uh, close to Denmark all the way down to the Black Sea, where Ukraine is now. But uh, this is where it sort of reconstituted as a state after the First World War. There's no punchline for me to make there, so you may proceed. Yeah, there's, there's really no punchline at yeah, all. I mean, history is fun. Okay, so if people remember their history, Germany uh, and the Austro-Hungarian Empire were the big losers. They were carved up afterwards and one of the things that happened is the polish state was sort of reconstituted and they wanted to give the polish state access to the sea so what they did was they created this little geo geographical phenomenon known as the polish corridor so basically germany was sort of separated into two chunks there was like the larger chunk of what is mostly not entirely but mostly modern day germany and then there was another little section uh just east of that uh, that was sort of separated by this strip of Poland that sort of like jutted out to the sea. So Poland had port access. And in this little corridor, there is a city called Danzig, or in Polish, Gdansk. Any of this sound familiar to Biscuit? <laughs> You're fun. Yeah, I know. I'm really fun. Now, Danzig... I mean, I heard the Germans did some stuff there that they got fucked up. Other than that... <laughs> Danzig was actually a free city. It was a city state. It wasn't actually part of any other country, but 
it kind of had largely Polish control. So it had a German speaking population and uh, they were, this was designed in the Treaty of Versailles when after Germany lost, but they were in a customs union with Poland. So Poland could control what went in and out of the port. They controlled the international affairs, but otherwise the city was like a free city. It had its own Senate, uh, it elected its own representatives to the Senate, and for local domestic affairs, Poland was not involved. Now, so it's like the Vatican or something. It's kind of like the Vatican, I guess you could say, in a way, or maybe what would be a good modern. I, I think the European Union would be a good modern example because every country is in a customs union with each other, and like international policy is done by the European Council. But each country has its own government that controls its own affairs. Okay. I guess. Gotcha. There's, yeah. There's not many modern equivalents. I guess you could say the Vatican, right? Because like they're basically a section of Italy and Italy does defense and stuff like that and probably controls the customs. I don't know. The point is, is that they were free. They ran their own home government, but they were in a customs union that meant their international affairs were handled by Poland. Now, being a majority German-speaking, like 98% German population of the city, they were a little bit miffed about this. But at the same time, you know, what could they do? Germany had just lost the war. So this basically continue, uh, continued until a man with a little push-broom mustache rose to power in Germany. And who might that be? Oh, his name was Adolf Hitler. Never heard of him. Yeah. What are the most famous? Was he good? <laughs> Quite possibly one of the most famous foreigners in Germany. Yeah. He was Austrian. Yeah, he was Austrian. Yes. Uh, and uh, he didn't consider himself Austrian. He just considered whatever. We, we don't need to go into the history of Germany. But. Uh, Basically, Hitler was antagonistic to any sort of country that had significant German populations in its borders that were not part of Germany. So Poland wasn't an exception to this. There was also like Czechoslovakia, for example. The Czech Republic had a lot of Germans, and uh, he wanted the Allies to give him the Sudetenlands, which they did, and signed a little piece of paper. When it came to Poland, though, uh, the Allies drew a little bit more of a red line and said, like, hey, if you invade Poland, we're basically going to go to war. That's how the First World War started. Hitler invades Poland. War breaks out. Mm -hmm. Yes. But we're going to be talking specifically about Danzig. So the fervor that gripped Germany in the rise to fascism, Danzig was no exception because they elected Nazi party members to their home government. They still had their own home government. And uh, they were often rebellious to Polish authorities, especially considering how, you know, Poland and Germany were hostile to each other at the time. They were engaged in a trade war and Poland being in charge of the customs union meant that they could impose tariffs on German goods, which meant that Germans living in Danzig had to impose tariffs on the country they wanted to be part of, which they weren't happy about. I'm not saying that it's a good thing that they rebelled about this. I mean, they wanted to be part of Hitler's Germany. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, we got guys that want to do that in the United States today, but hey, everybody's got dreams. It doesn't mean I got to root for them. Yeah, yeah.
Now, because Danzig, the city of Danzig, was in a customs union with uh, Poland, uh, although Poland didn't have direct control over the city, they did have various institutions set up in the city. Uh, usually considered like extraterritorial institutions, basically. So they had an army barracks there because they control the international affairs. They also had a post office, which is going to be important in just a little bit. It sounded like it might be. Mm, yes. Don't fuck with the postal service. No, you really shouldn't. Yeah. Especially do not fuck with the Polish postal service. I'll tell you why. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I will. So anyway... The German-speaking inhabitants of Danzig were increasingly hostile to any sort of Polish institutions that existed in the free city of Danzig, one of those being the post office, and the Polish government knew this, so they were being prepared because they were pretty sure that Germany was going to invade. And one of the things they decided to do is they were going to fortify the post office. Well, no, I mean, that's a very valuable service, but define fortify. Well, uh, not with, like, soldiers or anything, but they basically gave a bunch of postal workers some guns. <laughs> that's what we want to do here, but with everybody. <laughs> okay, so what they basically did was they enlisted the help of Konrad Guderski, who was a uh, Polish army reservist, and they sent him to the post office with, like, a fuckload of guns, um, a crate full of grenades, and an anti-tank rifle, and he basically set about the next uh, few days or weeks training and preparing the post office employees to defend the post office. They did some preparations, like they cut down trees around it and in front of it to sort of clear a line of sight and things like that, and they set up barricades. Basically preparing for the worst. I mean, are, are you sure you're not talking about America? Because us giving the post office missiles just sounds so on brand. <laughs> well, no missiles. There were no missiles at the time. But like grenades, machine guns, <laughs> uh, pistols, rifles, anti-tank rifles, those things. Did you know that the New York City police have two submarines? Why? Why do they have one? But I digress. <laughs> so answer that question then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great question. <laughs> you don't have an answer for me? No. Okay. I can't justify that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen the tanks that American police forces drive around in. Like, no, there's, there's no need for a tank either. I mean, it's just yeah, as absurd as a submarine. Yeah, I mean, imagine you just give some Staten Island meatball the keys to a sub, and you're like, go get him. Like, he's not going to know what the fuck to do anyway. <laughs> so, Poland, huh? Okay, anyway. All in all, there was about 56 people in the building. Uh, about 43 of them were armed postmen. Uh, the rest of them were members of their families. Uh, like, there was, like, a couple wives there and, like, a daughter or something as well uh but basically you've got a bunch of post officers polish post officers armed to the teeth holed up in this building <laughs> they're just all pointing their guns out they're holding them the wrong way <laughs> uh, evidently their training was better 
than expected because uh, they caused some spoiler alert. They caused some serious embarrassment to the German army, but we'll get to that in a bit. All right. Well, that's always good. Okay. So anyway, Conrad Guderski is uh, in charge of this uh, the defense of the post office, and he wouldn't have to wait for long because, of course, the first of September, uh, the German invasion of Poland begins. Uh, the there was a destroyer, if I'm not mistaken. Geez, I've already lost my notes. Thank you. Yes, the battleship Schleswig-Holstein uh, started shelling the Polish army outpost in Danzig, and uh, all the members of the Danzig police force, who are basically like paramilitary Nazis at this point, they're all members of the SS and stuff like that, are basically taking over the city and destroying any sort of examples of Polish institutions. Except for the post office. They knew that it was armed and ready, and so they began their attack uh, by cutting the phone lines at first the building at the early morning hours. That was going to say, I thought you were about to say they backed off and like they didn't think a battleship would take down a post office. Well, the battleship was busy shelling the army outpost, right? Okay, and like, so it's not it's not in range. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it could be in range, but at the same time, battleships usually launch very large explosive shells. Like yes. there is still a city that they have to kind of worry about. And most of that city is German, so they don't want to just sort of level the city to take out a post office. Uh, well, they should have brought Obama in. He'd just drone strike and be like, fuck it, we'll get him. <laughs> so the Germans basically been their, begin their assault at the post office. And, of course, the attack is repelled because the Germans are basically showing up. It's like, haha, we're the army. There's a bunch of post officers in there. What the hell are they going to do? And the post officers are like, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to shoot the shit out of you. And they basically tell a, repelled a full frontal attack from the German army to the post office. See, the picture I'm painting in my head, I really I want to believe they showed up and actually said, haha, we're the army. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the attack continued. Uh, they were still trying to get in from two different sides. They tried to enter the front of the post office as well as like sort of a flanking attack from the side of the post office. And now the goal was never for these post officers to be victorious. What was supposed to happen is they were supposed to hold the post office long enough for the Pomeranian division of the Polish army to show up and basically relieve them to take over and like uh, sort of push the Germans back. Spoiler alert, this never happened. Yeah, so their job was just don't die for a little bit until we get there. Exactly. Hold out for six hours was basically their goal. Now, mm -hmm. easier said than done when you've got the Wehrmacht showing up at about 11 o'clock in the morning with uh, huge artillery pieces and they begin shelling the building. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way to start your day. Mm -hmm. The artillery shelling didn't work very well for very long because, like, surprisingly, this post office was rather well built. The defenders were sort of very prepared. And also, artillery in a close city. Now, you can look up pictures of, like, uh, Danzig or Gdansk, as it's known now online. It's, like, sort of a very old city with very narrow streets. So... The artillery that they were using on the post office kind of did more damage to the German army than anything else because it's not very accurate. 
Yeah, I mean, we hadn't really refined stuff back then. We still had like bazookas that literally had like stickers on that said point this way, which <laughs> I'm sure the Polish army appreciated. I mean, even now there's the argument like that, you know, there's no such thing as a smart bomb, right? It's like there's always going to be civilian casualties or like casualties of people around you. It's just it's a yeah. myth. Like the whole precision, yeah, precision strikes are bullshit. It's, yeah. You can have something that kills a little bit less innocent people, mm -hmm. but you can't have one that's like hit that guy. Yeah, pretty much. It just it's complete bullshit. Any hooser. Any hooser. The Germans are end up wasting what ends up being quite a lot of resources on this post office. They can't get in. They can't take control of the building because there's a bunch of Polish guys shooting at them. They are taking wounded and losses. And, like, they control the city of Danzig, this symbolic post office, like, belonging to the state of Poland. They can't get a hold of it, which is, like, kind of a problem when you're advertising yourselves as, like, the master race and stuff like that. And, like, the superior army. So, this isn't looking very good for them. <laughs> like, we will take over the world. Okay, take that post office. Can't do it. <laughs> That is a fucking awful German accent. Yeah, it's good enough. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's for our purposes. Yes. Anyway, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the Germans decided to declare a ceasefire, and they basically demanded that the Polish forces, or the postmen, inside uh, <laughs> surrender. <laughs> so we have no idea. How about you just give to us? I am rushing for some reason, but the uh, post office, please. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the post the post officers are basically like, no, we're not surrendering the post office. And now, keep in mind at this point, the commander, the only guy who actually had military training, the reservist Konrad Guderski, uh, he's already died because the Germans did a full frontal assault on the main door. They managed to sort of break in for a bit before being riddled with bullets. And in one sort of big rush, uh, Guderski sacrificed himself by blowing up a bunch of them with a grenade, which took his life as well. So things are not going well for the Germans, right? So this is why they declare a ceasefire and basically say, guys, surrender. And the post officers are like, nah. Full frontal assault at the main door is a great porno, by the way. <laughs> Anyway, the Polish guys aren't surrendering, but what they don't know is that German sappers are actually digging under the wall of the post office. It's come to this now. They're having so much trouble getting into this post office that they are undermining the wall. They have sappers digging under it. And if memory serves, which for me it usually doesn't, sappers are like guys that like dig in there and put a boom boom in, run away and blow shit up. Precisely. That's exactly what that is. They placed a 600 kilogram explosive device under the main wall. Um, I mean, if that doesn't work, boy, their face is going to be red at this point. Well, it depends on what you mean by worked, because they succeeded in blowing out the wall. Uh, but what was left of the Polish postman uh, fled to the basement and then held up there. I mean... If you wanted to boost morale, you could say they fled. It's not really true, but you could say it. 
So at this point, the German army has now taken control of everything in the post office except the basement, which is still no good for them because they're supposed to be the master race and they can't even control a basement. <laughs> we must get to the letters. There are children's birthday cards with $20 bills in them. <laughs> anyway, the Germans requested a uh, train car full of gasoline and they pumped it into the basement. That so this is about where it goes bat fuck, I'm assuming. Well, it's, it's pretty much an example of German cruelty, right? It's like, you know, they're frustrated by like the fact that these guys aren't just up and surrendering to the master race. So they're like, <laughs> okay, well let's fill the entire basement with gasoline. Which they did and ignited the grenade. I mean that is rude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, I mean uh, I have heard they have done some things that are not nice. Yeah, they've done even worse than that. But like, you know, this is one example of something terrible they've done. This finally worked, right? Because it's like when you're on fire, there's you're pretty much ready to surrender at that point. Be being burned alive is, is yeah. Not I, when you're on fire, that kind of makes you willing to come to the negotiation table. Yes. Um, basically, the first person to leave the building was Dr. Jan Michon. Uh, one of the people who was working in the post office, he came out with a white flag, basically saying, okay, we're going to surrender. The Germans, so outraged at the fact that now this is about 19 hours at this point that they've been holding this post office. They were supposed to do it for six. It's been 19 hours. They frustrated the German army. Yeah, I was going to say, where the fuck are the other guys? Well, that's the thing, right? Because like Germany was invading the rest of Poland. Like they, they, there was no help coming, basically. Yeah, it, it it does seem that way, it, you know, when it's three times what they said it'd take. Yeah, right. I, I mean, the, uh, the 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 fall of Poland was was tragic and like the but the, the resistance was, you know, fierce and uh, admirable. But at the same time, it's like they couldn't match the the, the German army that was coming there. Uh, <laughs> unless you're I can't officer. think of anything similar happening right now. Can you? Oh, well, mm. <laughs> let's not go there today. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, unless you're a post office, I guess, because like they held out for 19 hours. Anyway, the Germans were so frustrated that when Jan Michon came out with a white flag, the Germans just basically shot him on sight. Uh, the next guy to come out was uh, Josef Vasik. And, and he uh, had two white flags. <laughs> Actually, it do I don't know how many white flags he had, but they burned him with a flamethrower. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not giving you much of an incentive to come out at this point. Yeah, at this point, you should be like, hey, we're kind of frustrated with like the surrender. Maybe you should just let them do it. Uh, the rest of them were allowed to surrender at that point. So, like, we only need to kill two. The rest of y'all good. Yeah, that, basically. Yeah. I I can't say I get that, but I mean, I don't get a lot of things they did back then. So mm. six people actually managed to escape the building and uh, completely like not surrender to the Germans like they escaped completely. Two of them were unfortunately caught. 
Uh, four of them just remained in hiding until the end of the war, maybe doing some resistant activities and things like that. Unfortunately for the rest of the people who were captured or surrendered, the German army declared them to be illegal combatants and had them all shot. Uh, they really suck at negotiating. I mean, some, somebody's got to say it. I'll yeah. put that hot take out there. Nazis. Bad negotiators. Well, you, you have to keep in mind that the German mentality, right? It's like, you know, Poles, Slavs of all kinds were considered subhuman. Now, Yeah, everything's shit compared to them. Yeah, basically. Like, they might not have been treated as poorly as, like, the Jews were. I don't think anyone was treated as poorly as the Jews were. <laughs> I'd say that's fair. Yeah, but uh, they certainly were not treated very well by German occupation. And uh, so, you know, there was never any incentive for Poland to do anything but resist from that point on, right? Like, Germany made it very obvious, right? And, like, it, Germany is known for treating, like, some prisoners differently than others. Like, some prisoners, they treated them, like, with decency. Other prisoners are like, oh, they're subhuman, and they were just, like, shot or tortured or something like that. So, Like who? Like these Polish people, for example, um, <laughs> because they were tortured and all basically shot and uh, I, probably out of like a large, a great deal of frustration that, you know, the Germans believe their own propaganda. They were pious to the fact that they're the master race and uh, basically said, well, these subhumans frustrated us for 19 hours to take a post office, embarrassing the German army effectively because the German army is like, you know, we're the best, we can do anything, we'll conquer the world, and they couldn't conquer a post office. So that's what happens, I guess, when you embarrass people who believe in their own superiority. These defenders, of course, are, there's a big memorial to them now in Gdansk, which is now completely part of Poland, Germany having lost the war. I don't think the German population ever came back to there. Uh, but there is a memorial to them just outside the Polish post office, which still exists, uh, rebuilt, and uh, it's there. So, fuck Nazis is basically what we're getting from this. Fuck Nazis. Uh, salute to these guys who held out for 19 hours against an army uh, with a bunch of rifles and grenades in a post office. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd like to say, I'd like to think that I would have the courage to do that in that situation, but I'd probably be in the guy in the corner, like crying and shitting on myself. Mm, like, my that you got to. When you see a tank and you're like, go fuck yourself and you throw a grenade at it, that takes balls. Yeah. And, and these guys were post officers, right? Like they had some military <laughs> assistance, right? Like, of course, there was Conrad Guderski there who, who gave them some training. Uh, who exploded himself. Who exploded himself. Like they had military officers who gave them training. But at the same time, like these guys spent most of their days like sorting Mariel and like lifting boxes and like you know, checking that people put the correct stamp on their letters, right? Like this, the, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they do a bit more than that, but at the same time, it's like, they're not people you would expect to be like engaged in an all out battle with like the German army. No, I mean, it's obviously on a much more extreme scale, but it's the same reason the, why don't we just give teachers guns thing here is so stupid. It's like, 
they didn't get into this job to fucking shoot people. They don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to hold them off, I mean, hats off to them, guys mm-hmm. that are dead. Biscuit, what did we learn from this? Don't fuck with the post office. Don't fuck with the Polish post office. Yeah, especially. Yeah. And if you're going to get drugs through the mail, use FedEx. <laughs> Why? Well, it's a Mitch Hedberg callback because they're a drug dealer and they don't even know it. Oh, geez. All right. We're doing Mitch Hedberg again. Okay. Always. Got to. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Biscuit, do we have anything we'd like to plug? I'd like to plug the Boston Bruins. Okay. You see them? They're doing good. <laughs> Best record in the league. <laughs> I think you might be a little bit biased. Well, I mean, objectively, they do have the best record in the league. Yes, 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 yes. I'm just fucking with you. Okay. Um, And we've also learned, as always, fuck Nazis. mm Mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. If you see Richard Spencer, punch him. (laughs) Repeatedly, if possible. Yeah, I mean, if you can get two and get two and... I mean, if you can only take one shot and then run away, that's cool, too. But if, like, you know... As long as you hit Richard Spencer, mm-hmm. which, of course, I'm saying metaphorically and not inciting violence. All right. Listeners, uh, pod people, it's been great to know that you've been listening. You can reach us, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com or Twitter at bigbadnonsense. And I don't think there's anything else, Biscuit. No, I mean, talk to me on Twitter. I'm mostly calling people and hockey Twitter stupid, but I'll talk to you. I'm and- so lonely. And uh, with that, uh, that's the end of the show. Etc. See, you're making the music noises, but really, in the editing process, I've already started the music long before you could even make those noises. Oh, can you put me over the music? Well, you will be. You, you were always over the music at the end of the episode. Oh. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Have you ever listened to our episodes? The music always starts like a minute before the show ends. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I listen. <laughs> All right, I, I'm. I won't cut this. This will continue over the music. Beer. <laughs> All right, I love you all, you dummy dumbs. We'll see you next time. Bye. Back. Yeah, this really was a stupid episode. (laughs) Yes.